Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your on camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. When you're first trying to get more into marketing and working out where is my audience, first of all, that's the most mm -hmm. obvious question, isn't it? Yeah. Where is my audience that's perhaps going to be the path of least resistance for me yes. to reach them? Yeah. But also, I think it's hugely important to pick methods that you actually enjoy. Yeah. Because if totally. you hate LinkedIn... You're not going to do it. Exactly. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. And if you know that you find it really hard to stick to a consistent weekly schedule, don't go out and announce that you're going to do a weekly podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. So yeah, show up online, but be quite strategic about where you're doing that and 
start even with just one social media channel yeah and then maybe add in another one further down the line once you once you know what's working and I think that's the beauty of organic you are listening to your dream business podcast episode 260 you are listening to your dream business podcast and I am your host Teresa Heathwaring if you are a business owner who is striving to build a business and a life that you dream of on your own terms and doing something that you love then this is the podcast for you Each week, I will share with you business, marketing, and mindset tools and strategies that I have used to start and grow my own dream business, as well as the dream businesses of hundreds of business owners from around the world. So if you're ready, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing? So we've got a really cool episode today. It's something a bit different. We thought we would try, and I'm really excited about it. Today is an interview with the lovely Nikki Hutchinson and we're talking all about content and we're talking all about how to be seen in as many places as possible and we're talking about organic, so things that you don't have to pay for. So it's a great episode, loads of good stuff in it and we have some cool conversations about being employed and then being, you know, having your own business and what that's like. But what's super cool about this is we decided to do a two-parter. We decided that we would do like a podcast swap where half the episode was on my podcast. And then to listen to the rest of the episode, you need to go and listen to her podcast. So we thought that would be a really cool idea. And obviously half of the episode is on hers and hopefully her audience will come and listen to this half. And if you are from Nikki, hi, welcome. Nice to have you here. So yeah, so we thought we'd do that. We thought it was cool. We had a great chat. We got on so well. I really, really like her. Uh, she's She came to my September event, which is ACE. And yeah, it was just so, so good to have a conversation with her. So many things in common. We loved it. So I'm really excited about this episode. It's a really good conversation. It's definitely a one of like, get your coffee, sit down, or, you know, it's going to feel like you're having a chat with us. It's really, really cool. So I'm not going to take up any more time. I am going to go straight to the interview. Enjoy. Okay. I am really excited today to welcome to this very special podcast, Nikki Hutchison. Nikki, how are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about what we're doing today. We're kind of, you know, because I'm all about honesty, we're kind of winging it, if I'm honest. So we've decided that we're going to do this cool concept of we both have podcasts. We both wanted to interview each other. So we thought, what if we did like a two-parter, one part on mine and one part on Nikki's? So good luck, listeners. Let's see how this goes. (laughs) But as we're over on my podcast, let me start by, as I always do, Nikki, please introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and what you do. So my name's Nikki Hutchison and I am a business and marketing expert. I work with entrepreneurial women who are looking to grow an engaged audience to grow their businesses. Amazing. So you and I fit very nicely in terms of what we do. Have you always done this, Nikki? What's your background? What did you come from? I have and I haven't. I worked as a brand strategist for many years in ad agencies, studied advertising, marketing. And then I had my kids and worked out that that wasn't really a great environment for a working mother, in my experience. And I actually had, uh, I lost a lot of confidence as an employee. And so when I left after my second maternity leave, I didn't have the confidence to set up anything related to marketing. So I set up a kid's hip hop dance company, as you do. (laughs) Well, they naturally seem to go from one to the other. Uh, I'm assuming you have some hip hop dance something, or did you bring in a teacher? I cannot dance. 
Sounds like a perfect business. Yeah, doesn't it? Basically, my kids were young. And also, when I had been working in the agency, I'd been working on a big research project for the Scottish government into how to reduce antisocial behaviour amongst children and young people. And the main findings were that they need a strong role model and an activity that they love. And I thought, hey, I could provide both of those with a hip hop dance company. So that's what I did. And I grew that business for eight years until the pandemic. So we were delivering classes all over Scotland in nursery schools, communities. I had a team of up to 40 at one point. And then the pandemic hit and I quickly decided that actually the business model was not going to be viable for a very long time. And so I closed that down. And a few years prior to the pandemic, I had started this marketing business, finally feeling that I had enough confidence and know-how to run a marketing business. And so I started this business in 2017 and I've been growing it ever since. That's so funny. Like, what was it that made you not have that confidence? Like, because I I came from marketing, as you may or may not know, and done a degree in it, worked my entire life in it. And for me, when I left, it was just the most natural thing. What else was I going to do? Because that's all I knew. But my how I'm helping with marketing has changed over the years of my business. So was there something in particular that made you go, do you know what, I can't do this? Or was it just the process of having children and being out of it? No, it was, it was actually a boss. It was actually a male boss who treated his department badly, essentially. You know, in, I don't know if it's the same you were client-side marketing, weren't you? Uh, yes. So I was for, worked for an agency. Well, no, I worked for an agency and I was client-side. So I've got uh, okay. okay. Yeah. So the last job I had, I was agency. So I find often in agencies, there are people who are promoted because they're incredibly good at their jobs and they're mm. very good with clients and they're great at what they do. And then all of a sudden they find themselves in charge of these departments and they actually haven't had any training in people management. Yeah. 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 And I actually had an ectopic pregnancy in 2019 and I was off work. I'd lost so much blood. It was, it, it ruptured, misdiagnosed, bloody blah. I'd lost so much blood. Sorry, I'm saying 2019. That's wrong. 2009. I was going to say <laughs> so it. A long time very ago. Very recent ago. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. And I'd lost so much blood that I was off work for three months. And when I went back to work, I was pulled up on the work that I had been doing mm. the day that I was hospitalised. Oh, wow. And when I said, are you talking about this brief that I was writing the day that I was hospitalised? I was told everybody has off days. And that was just standard kind of office crap. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? We can say crap. That's fine. (laughs) Like, see, you know, it's something you'd done for all those years. You knew what you were doing. You were obviously good at what you did because you couldn't have stayed in a job that entire time if you weren't. And just because of some someone's bad management, that then knocks your confidence, which then means, you know, and obviously you went into a business which was great and you loved, I'm assuming, and was wonderful. But what yeah. if you didn't? What if you went into something that you hated or went into something, you know, or tried to get another job or, you know, all because of that one person? Like just not having a boss is the best thing in the flipping world, isn't it? Isn't it just? And I think that's why I'm sure you're the same That's why I'm so passionate about helping other women, particularly, Mm. to grow their own businesses so that they don't have to have bosses like that. Yeah, 
absolutely. I don't know about you. One thing that I occasionally see though is because predominantly my audience is women. It's not that I specifically only target women, but I do attract a big women base. And often I see that sometimes those bosses are replaced with partners or husbands or family members that, you know, they're, they're out doing their thing, but they don't have the support from, from their people who are immediate to them, who are meant to love them and what, you know, cheerlead them regardless. So I think that's where you and I can come in, in terms of going, you know, great if you've got that support and it is still great, but I still need support that isn't my husband because he's not Mm -hmm. in my business. He doesn't understand what I'm doing day to day, but you know, sometimes we still need to be that support when they don't have a husband that supports them or isn't particularly kind about their business or doesn't see the vision or the dream. So I think even though we don't have bosses, so therefore we don't have to put up with that anymore, which is amazing. I think sometimes there are still people out there who who are causing that for people who have their own businesses. Yeah, and I think that's where it's our job to try and show them that there mm. is another possibility and yeah. that they can have that freedom. But yeah, they might have to talk a few people around. Yeah, and I think as well, the boss thing was interesting because one of the reasons I left was because... Uh, And it's funny because I get on with my boss very well now and she's lovely and I loved her to bits then. But it got to the point where I was being managed so carefully. And I remember going to, I was going through a divorce and I didn't have a day off. I, you know, I went in and sobbed a couple of times, but I didn't have a day off. I'd got my three, four year old at the time and I'd show up and I'd do all this stuff and I worked so hard and I worked so many hours and I'd go to breakfast meetings for and I'd stay late and I would do stuff on the weekends. And I remember once going in and saying, I've got a doctor's appointment. Can I leave early? And she said, yeah, as long as you make your hours up. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. Like, and it's little stuff like that, that you're like, you've just treated me like an idiot and I've done all this stuff. And it just got to the point where I thought, do you know what? Like I'd been to the divorce. I'd done all this stuff. Like, I can't do it. I can't. I'm not you know, and like I said, we're very good friends now. I really love her to bit. She's great, but I just couldn't stand that anymore. I just couldn't be that employee anymore. So tell me about starting the business then. Did you start in this guise and is it always been that way or did you start and it changed? So this business, I started just doing one-to-one coaching mm-hmm. with local women in person and I set up my own networking event. So I ran a monthly in-person networking event. And obviously I still had the dance company at this point. So that was all, that was all that I had space for really. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept things going and I did a bit of consultancy for marketing agencies and just really kept my hand in with the marketing scene until the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, obviously it takes somebody said to me, it takes three months to close a business. And I thought, nonsense. I'll have this done in a few weeks. Trust me, it takes three months to close a business. Seriously. <laughs> Even in a pandemic, when technically it's closed like that. Like that is hilarious. <laughs> so all of that was going on. And at the same time, I was suddenly inundated with people who'd maybe been lurking, following me for a while, who were contacting me saying, I need to take my business online. Yeah, I need to grow my online profile. Can you help me? So it just all went mad. Did yeah. you find that in your business? Oh, so much. It was really funny because I remember when it first hit and I was like, oh, I suppose I'll just put my feet up for a bit. That'd be ace. <laughs> and genuinely thought like, you know, 
this is, it's going to be tough, but you know, I'll rest. It'll be nice. And then I got on a call with an old client who has an online business. And weirdly, we had got like, he'd signed up for so many calls with me one-to-one and this one hour had just sat there for ages. And he's like, and I'd reminded him months and months before. Anyway, he messaged me going, I've got an hour, haven't I? I was like, yeah, yeah. Get on a call. He's like, I have to earn money. I think he was the main earner in his family. And he was like, I've got to earn money. What can I do? So I was like, right, do this, do this, do this, do this. And And I got off that call and I was like, what am I doing? I've just told him what to do. And yet I'm sat here going, I'll probably just rest up for a bit. So I, I found that, and it'd be interesting to hear what you think about this actually, because I found that first year was amazing. Like best that I've had in a long while I was doing, although I wasn't speaking in person, which I miss dreadfully, I was speaking online constantly. You know, this whole like people in their pajamas permanently and I haven't washed my hair for 20 days. <laughs> None of that for me. Full face of makeup, fully dressed every single day because I'm on camera. But then I've noticed a dip in the last year or so. I've noticed that, and I've tried to tweak and change how I'm doing things, but I have noticed that it suddenly shot up because everybody needed it. Exactly the same. I've got people that I'd had conversations with years before going, I need it now. And it's like, you know, it doesn't work like that, don't you? But let's do see what we can do. Yeah. And But then I found about a year and a half after the pandemic, I found it starting to change again. And I'm not sure how or where it's going. And I'm trying to move with it. But I have found a change of you. A hundred percent. So during the... About a year into the pandemic, I think. No, that's not right. About six months in, mm. I decided I was going to start a mastermind program. Yeah. So I ran a pilot that went brilliantly. And then I decided, right, I'm going to up my game here and I'm going to run instead of one group of eight, I'm going to have three groups of eight and I'm going to run an online challenge and I'm going to bring people in. So that's what we did. And that was about a year in. So March, 2021, Yeah, ran the challenge, had nearly a thousand people involved. What? It was mad. I've got a free Facebook community. Every That was going off. Everybody was loving this challenge. And I filled the three groups really easily, yeah. ran that program. And then said, right, I'm just going to rinse and repeat. So that was maybe October last year. And wow, it was hard work to get people yeah. into that challenge. Yeah. So where we had, obviously, iOS 14 had happened. Yeah. Did all the changes to uh, Facebook ads. And I had to bring in, I had to bring in all of my organic marketing methods and work a ton harder to get yeah. the same number of people into that challenge. Yeah. So yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I don't know if we're there yet. I don't don't think we're definitely not there yet. We don't know what, what is happening because it's interesting. So I try to counteract the, the difficulty with the online. Cause I think people, people were all for it and then they just got so fed up of it. Yeah. And no one wanted to do a flipping zoom party anymore. And no one <laughs> wanted to do whatever, whatever. So I think that, like, and as the world started to open up, of course, people wanted to go out and do things and see people. And so then I tried to counteract it with an, with an in-person event, mm-hmm. which went fine, was great. Didn't fill it the first time. The second time I got the numbers I wanted, but I made it smaller. And mm-hmm. now I've just announced my event in September. By the time this goes out, it might have already been for me anyway. But, but again, that those sales aren't going as well as I would like mm-hmm. because... 
I just think generally coming off the back of a pandemic, everything that's happening and not that, you know, this is not a uh, news podcast by any stretch of the imagination. I am definitely no expert, but like, you know, we went into the whole Russia thing and now we're going into the, and the Brexit thing. And then we're going into all these things. And I think what's really difficult is that in itself is having an impact on everyone's business, which is then having an impact on our businesses. But actually now's the time to, or I feel like now's the time to shift, change, learn, network, move, do something. Because if I didn't, my business would go. Like if if I don't move with the times, the same as the pandemic, if we didn't all shift to the way we needed to, excuse me, it would, it would go. Whereas now we've got to do the same. We've got to make sure we're doing the same. Whereas I think what happens is everyone pulls in and when they pull in, they cancel everything, they stop doing everything, but then all they're doing is sitting there and waiting for that, that mm-hmm. wave to go. And it's like, well, you're going to drown while you're waiting. So mm-hmm. for me, even though it's scary, I have to put a big girl pants on and believe me, I do and go, okay, let's keep going. Let's do this. Let's try this. Let's, you know, so you're right. You have to, you have to really try and pull everything out of the bag at that point, don't you? Definitely. It's the same as any financial crisis. The first thing that any customer or client or company thinks they should cancel is their marketing. Yeah, always. But actually, if you can hold strong and be the person who continues to invest in your marketing during a downturn, then you are the one who will come out strong out of the other side. Yeah. And it's hard to, it's hard to convince people to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, without feeling like you're being irresponsible because sometimes people are like, I need to save money. And it's like, well, no, you do need to still spend a bit. It's really tricky, but this is where, and actually what's really great about this conversation that's led so nicely into it as if, you know, with <laughs> that professional, well, I'm definitely not, you might be way more professional than me, Nick, <laughs> is the fact of like trying new things. So you mentioned iOS, you mentioned Facebook ads. And funnily enough, I was just having a conversation yesterday with my very dear friend, Biz Paul, and he was saying, you're doing ads. And I'm like, they suck, man. They're really mm. bad. Like <laughs> I've done ads for years. I know how to do ads. I used to do ads for clients when we had a more agency side, but they're really sucking at the moment. So it's almost like, I don't know if going back to basics is the right word, but it's almost like, okay, let's look in our bag of marketing and pull out something else that we could try. So one thing that you're really keen on is looking at that organic marketing. Instead of us all just jumping to an ad going, please save us, Facebook. Uh, Tell me about, first of all, explain to my audience, what do you mean by organic and, and what's the difference? So organic marketing is marketing that costs nothing or very little. You're investing your time and energy and creativity and you're smart, basically. Mm. You're getting smart with the resources that are at your fingertips without investing a lot of money into paid ads. Mm. And I think what you were saying about Ads, yeah, ads do suck right now. I'm sure there are lots of ad managers out there who will... um, (laughs) No, they don't, no, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) But if you don't have a solid foundation to fall back on, then it's like, to me, it's like anything. You've got to use, you've got to try different things. You can't put all of your eggs in one basket. And especially when that's a really flipping expensive basket. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) So I love to hear, I don't know about you, but as a business owner in both of my businesses, one of my favourite things to hear from somebody is, wow, you're everywhere. (laughs) Oh, always. 
always love that. Like, you know, I want to be poo in a field. You know what I mean? <laughs> Literally everywhere. And do you know what? This is something that actually I, one of the first conferences I ever went to in the States with Pat Flynn, he talked about that. He talked about the fact of being everywhere, being seen by everyone, you know, and, and that as a strategy in itself. So yeah, it's so good to have that. But I guess the question is, and this is what everyone's thinking, and it might be that we get to this, but how do we be everywhere? But also you want to talk about, and it's so important about like how we show up, how that branding looks, how some of the basics that we need in place. So let's start with that first, and then we'll talk about how we show up everywhere. But what are some of the basics we need in place before we start trying to get out to everyone in the world? So obviously, if you want to be noticed everywhere, you have to look and sound consistent. Otherwise, people will just think it's somebody different on a different platform or, you know, in a diff- on a different channel. So often people think that brand and branding is just your logo or maybe even just your logo and, and your colours, your brand palette. But actually, it's about so much more. It's about developing your own style, your own tone of voice and being really clear on what that thing that you want to be known for is. So in America, they would probably call it your niche. Yeah. (laughs) We would call it niche or I certainly would. I would. Um, (laughs) And I think people are often scared by that because the first thing you think is, if I niche down too far, Mm -hmm. then I'm limiting myself to the audience that I can reach. But actually... How much easier is it to make a decision about who to work with or who to buy from when you know exactly what you're going to get? Mm -hmm. So, for example, it's easier to buy from a YouTube marketer if you're trying to grow a YouTube channel than it is to buy from a generalist, isn't it? Yes. Obviously, just one example, but you could apply that across, across any type of marketing. So in order to be seen and before you get yourself out there, you do need to make sure that your brand looks consistent and sounds consistent and that you have got some consistent talking points as well, Mm -hmm. some themes that you want to communicate. Yeah. And I think it, it was interesting before when I said that I have a predominantly female audience. And I think that's because my branding is very female because it's me. And therefore I attract those type, you know, I attract people who are attracted to that. I think as well, one thing that, you know, people have always said, which is very nice. And obviously I've gone through a bit of a branding transition this year was that they could see my stuff and they wouldn't even need to see my name or my face or my logo. And they knew it was mine because it's so consistent. And it's not just about having a very pretty Instagram that matches. It's about that consistency of everything like the fact you know so I just did my in-person event back in June and we're recording this at the end of June I did the beginning and I did my in-person event and some of these people I'd never met like or I'd met very briefly or I had had like a vague conversation with them but obviously they've been watching my stuff for a while to pay to invest to come to this event with me um because it wasn't a cheap event it's a VIP retreat thing and Obviously, when I, you know, and, and the podcast is very natural, I'm very natural, I'm very, like, I hate the authentic word because it gets overused, but I am incredibly authentic. So when, of course, they rock up and I'm like, huh, and I give them a hug and, you know, we'd laugh and joke and whatever, it's just me. There's no difference. Whereas if you saw my presence online is very professional, very serious, very corporate looking, and then you met me and I'm a bit of an idiot and I like to laugh and have a gin and three, like, 
none of that would make sense. So again, like the same with everything you put out, like when I do lives, because I've just started doing lives, GNT with T, which, you know, again, really sits with me. Nice. It's what I like. So it's not that I'm creating this brand that fits what people want to see. It's genuinely my life. So I think that's the thing. It's about it being in everything and kind of weeding its way into everything, isn't it? Definitely. And I'd love to ask you, Obviously, you've been at this a long time. Mm -hmm. I've been at this a long time. I still find that the longer I'm in business, the easier it is to relax into being me and to show the real me. Do Mm. you think there's a shortcut to that for people listening? That's a great question. Is there a shortcut? Do you know what? I think it's the speed in which you do things. So, for instance, if you suddenly started to do lives every other day, I feel like you would probably slip into it a bit quicker. But I think, I don't think that I could have shortcutted it. I think for me, what it was, was one feeling okay. Cause I came from corporate, you know, I came from a world where you don't even talk about the fact that you're married and have children or a child. So it took a while for me to get out of that. And then obviously I did agency, which helped a bit more. Uh, and then obviously I started the business, but again, like for me, it was very much, you should look like this and behave like this and show up like this. And I think the more that I showed up more naturally, the more human I was, the more like people saw and the more they reacted, the more confidence it gave me. And it was so funny the other week, oh, not the other week, quite a while back now, I had a uh, slightly belated birthday party at my house and I invited my members, like, I swear to God, I am that close with them. And people think I'm making this stuff up and I'm not. And I invited a load of members that I know very well. And they came and Bizpool came. And obviously he knows me very well. We're very good friends. And he stayed at my house. And, and he's like, do you know the funny thing? He said, you're just you. He's like, your members were there and you are just you. You act just as you are. There's no different Teresa. And it's like, yeah, I try not to swear on the podcast and I try and be a bit more behaved and I, you know, don't get blinding drunk when I'm doing a live. But <laughs> like, you know, well, there's still time, you know that. But I'm still me and I'm still, you know, exactly the same. And I think now I love and embrace it. But also I think, I don't know about you, have you had negative comments? Because I think you almost need to get a couple of them to go, yeah, I don't care actually. Have you had oh. anybody say anything? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people talking about you, you know, and then people telling you what's been said. But yeah. you have to you have to grow this thick skin, don't you? And just yeah. think, I don't care. No. And <laughs> and if you don't like me, I don't want to work with you and you won't want to work with me. And that's fine. And I think in the early days, you're so desperate for like business and customers and people to mm. want to follow you and see your stuff. And and I think in the early days, that's hard for you to go, I don't care. And, and it's not that I go out and again with you, I'm sure, you know, we don't purposely go out to irritate someone or to make someone not like us, but I'm not going to pretend I'm someone else in order to get you to come and buy my stuff. Because what is the point in that? Because you're going to buy a course or you're going to join my membership and I'll rock up onto a mindset call and I'll chat about something inane for the first 10 minutes while I'm waiting for people to come in and you'll be so irritated. So there's no point, no point at all is there. No, definitely not. And when you're delivering those courses, you want, I'm sure you're exactly the same. I don't want people on there who don't really want to be there. I want people on my courses or in my programs 
working with me in any way whatsoever. I want them to be really invested in themselves, but also really invested in me and the process mm. yeah. and ready to get the most out of it. Yeah. And absolutely. how can they do that if you're not the person they think you are? And it's funny when someone, if someone cancels the membership, like if I know them and I know I don't have a huge membership and as much as I would like it bigger, and I'm very honest about that, I'm also still very grateful that I know pretty much everyone in there, exactly what they do, how they do it. They can come on a call. I'll remember whether they've been ill or what their partner did or if their kids mm-hmm. have done something. And I love that I can do that. And that is kind of what I hope is one of my superpowers because I have this whole thing in my business that, you know, I hear you, I see you, you matter. Because I think in the online world, there is a lot of none of that. Like, you know, you don't matter. You're just a number. And they would sell their grandma if it meant that they could get 500 more people on one of their things. Whereas for me, it's not like that at all. Like one of my members came around yesterday because she makes gluten-free bread and she bought me some bread. Another of my members is coming around today. Like, honestly, it's like (laughs) free house, come to Teresa's house because she's an amazing networker and I'm trying something new and I want her to come and talk to me about how she does it. Like, I just love the fact that I can see those people. And if someone cancels and I think, oh, I don't recognize them, it's because they haven't been involved. And if they're not involved, they're not going to get anything from it, are they? So you're right. I'd much rather have those people who show up, who do the work. And it's not that they have to come to everything. They could come to one thing a month for one hour and that would be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But it's that you want those people. You don't want those people coming in who are ready to pick holes in it because actually they're not too keen if they like you or not. And therefore... Mm -hmm. And this kind of comes back to, and we're really digressing there, but this almost comes back to some of the more underhand marketing tactics that people use. So for instance, if I'm putting you in a position where I'm like, you've got to buy now because otherwise the price is going to be three times the amount and we're going to close the doors and you're going to fail in life and business because you aren't doing my thing, right? (laughs) Which is basically what people say. Then they're going to join on a whim because they're panicking and they think, oh, well, maybe this is the magic thing I need, which I have done in the past. Me too. Then you get in and you go, well, this is useless and rubbish. And actually, I don't even like you. And then you're annoyed. And if anybody asks you to recommend it, you're going to go, yeah, no, don't do that. So I'd much rather go, well, I'm open all the time. The club is open all the time. You can join whenever you want to. And I'm here. And if you like me, brilliant. And if you don't, then don't join. It's not for you. Don't you find it so rewarding? Because I have my business accelerator that's called The Charge. And I have small groups in there. And one of the things that I find the most rewarding is when people just message me out of the blue and say, I've been following you for ages and now's the right time to join. I don't want to turn those people away. I want, great, exactly. right time for you, right time for me. Let's go. Join, let's go, (laughs) honestly. And and also that whole, I don't know about you, when you first started getting people sign up to things or join things or buy things and I would go, I've just had someone buy this. And my husband would go, do you know him? I'd be like, no. And it'd be like the best thing in the world. I'm like, I have no idea. Oh, I don't even recognize the name. Like, it was just so exciting to think, oh my God, I've reached those people. that, And they, those people are out there. And I think this is the other problem that people, when they're marketing, they see, they think it's like, and I liken marketing to gardening because you have to put the seed in, you have to water it, you have to do all of the stuff with the hope that it'll eventually turn into a plant. You don't know that at that point, like it's doing the stuff underneath. You can't see it. And this is the same with what we're doing in terms of showing up, doing the organic stuff. We've got people who could be literally right on the edge of about to go, right, I'm ready to do that. And if suddenly we go, well, it doesn't work, does it? I'm not going to bother. Then you've just lost all of that. And we've just got to have faith that all the stuff we're doing is leading to those people who we don't know at this point because they're quietly just 
voyeurs in our world listening to the podcast. You know, I look at my download figures and I'm, I swear there's chunks of people that are nowhere else in my world by the podcast. And I have no idea you exist. Welcome, by the way. Uh, but, you know, and, and you're just sat there quietly listening to the podcast, doing your thing. And at whatever point you might go, yeah, cool, I'm ready now. And we think, don't we? We think, although we know this, but often we think that everybody sees everything that we're doing. Yeah. I literally had, I sent out my email newsletter this morning and I had somebody who is on a course that I'm running at the moment reply and say, oh, I've just subscribed to your podcast. Always love finding new things to listen to. And you're like, you're You're a client of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's so funny. So I, I put up this event, this September event, posted it in my group for my members, sent it to my members on an email and there's a couple of members, not a couple, there's loads of members that I've sat down on Friday um, Friday morning in the sun thinking I'll take the day off. And then my brain started kicking in. And I was like, oh, do you know what? I might just voice message a couple of these members that I really love because I'd love to see them at the event. So I DM'd one of them, voice messaged them. And I was like, hey, Kim, you know, just want to check you've seen this. Love it if you come. Really great to catch up because I love it a bit. And she messaged me back going, I haven't even seen it. I've just bought mm. that. Like, and and like you said, you get to the point where you're like, I don't want to keep saying that. People are going to get sick and tired of seeing me say that. And it's like, no, because they don't even see it, do they? And also sometimes they question whether they're the right person for it. I had somebody yeah. join my group program last year and same as you, sent her a voice note, mm-hmm. did that personal outreach and she replied and said, oh, I'm really glad you got in touch because I've been looking at this, but I wasn't sure whether you thought yeah. I would be a good fit. And she was brilliant. She's a great person to have in the community. Yeah. Isn't it funny? So tell me some of those organic marketing things that you're doing and that other people can do to get out there. Mm -hmm. So what you said about kind of shortening that lead time by showing up more regularly on social is 100% true. And I mean, I showed up every single week doing a live for four years inside my free Facebook community to grow that. That's now at 2,000 people. And I don't do the lives in there anymore because now I do my weekly podcast instead. But choosing what is the right place for you to be. So I know that we spoke earlier about wanting to be seen everywhere. Yeah. But I don't think that's achievable when you're first starting out. No, no. And I don't think it's necessarily right either because sometimes, unless you've got, you know, we've been in business for a while, we've got a team Mm. to support us, you know, we've got people who produce this podcast, for example, so we just need to show up and chat. Yeah. If you don't have that in place, then how can you possibly do all of the things and run your own business? So it is about being selective when you're first trying to get more into marketing and working out where is my audience, first of all? That's the most Mm -hmm. obvious question, isn't it? Where is my audience that's perhaps going to be the path of least resistance for me to reach them? But also, I think it's hugely important to pick methods that you actually enjoy. Yeah. Because if you hate LinkedIn... You're not going to do it. Exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. Mm. And if you know that you find it really hard to stick to a consistent weekly schedule, don't go out and announce that you're going to do a weekly podcast. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of work. (laughs) So yeah, show up online, but be quite strategic about where you're doing that and start even with just one social media channel. Yeah. And then maybe add in another one further down the line once you, once you know what's working. And I think that's, the beauty of organic, isn't it? Mm. 
And I think you're so right. I think the problem is, and I see this all the time and you must see it all the time. Everyone looks at everyone else, which is the first problem. And so someone might be looking at us and they might go, well, she's going to go, she's going live now once a week on Instagram. She's got a podcast coming out. She's consistent every day on social media. I've even got some blogs uh, and doing X, Y, Z oh my goodness, I need to be doing all of that stuff. And it's like, no, because I didn't start doing all that stuff. I I got, so the podcast process we have now, and I constantly say this, is the best process in my business. It's a dream. I literally record and then as if by magic, somehow every single week it comes out, all great, whatever, whatever. So for me, like that's how I've been able to then free myself up and because I pay for a team and, you know, the swings and roundabouts for that, you know, it's a lot of money I pay out every single month to basically sit and create content for myself. But it's about that. Like I said, totally agree. Choose where you like to be, choose where your customers should be or hopefully are and just show up consistently. And I think the problem is, I don't know about you, but I think people think it's going to happen in five minutes and then it doesn't, and then they go, it doesn't work, and then they try something else. Yeah, and it's a fine line, isn't it, between keeping going mm. and persevering with something and then thinking, or versus thinking, actually, hang on, maybe this isn't working. Mm. So yeah. I have this phrase that I always use that is go detective mode. And yeah. that's what I really encourage my audience and, and clients to do is Become a detective in your own business because Mm -hmm. otherwise you could be creating all this content, showing up regularly, being consistent, and it's actually having no effect. It's not driving any visits to your website. It's not driving any listens to your podcast. So you do need to pay attention and nobody likes to do it because it's boring, isn't it? Looking at analytics and insights, but it's only boring until you find the gold. And then when you find that gold and you go, oh, wow. Mm. Loads of people came from that specific guest blog that I did. Wonder if I could do that again mm. and grow my business that way. So yeah. yeah, I think paying attention to what you're doing is the thing that will, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, motivate you. It will motivate yes. you to keep going. Yeah. So let's say I've chosen my platform and I'm showing up consistently. Someone asked me the other week, how does that actually get new people into your world? So how would you answer that? So like. I don't want people to think, well, this is it. Just show up on Instagram every day and you're fine. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you know, everything will grow. What's, what's your process after that? So for me, it's about actually trying to have conversations. So I think mm-hmm. the old way, and I obviously come from a traditional ad agency where the old way was that you as the client or the brand you yeah. would project your message and you would broadcast out to the world and then people would come and make sales. Mm. That's not how it works now, is it? No, no, (laughs) very much no. (laughs) Now it's about building your network. There's a, it's a really cheesy expression, isn't it? Your network is your net worth. And I don't actually like it. Oh, that's hilarious. I've not heard that for a really long time. Really long time. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, that all seems very kind of macho and old school and that we are purely in this for the money, which of course we're not. But if you can grow a really strong network of people who are actually interested in what you're doing, then they will help become your advocates as well. And they will help to spread the word. So for me, it's about having conversations and always challenging yourself to create content that is 
not just likable, but also savable and shareable because those are the metrics that really matter, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the other thing. It's it's not just about putting out something. It's about putting out something with purpose to do something. So I don't know about you, but I'd rather someone do three posts a week than five, but those three posts be really good, purposeful posts. And I think, you know, for me, this is something that I've had to readdress. And I think we always have to remind ourselves of this stuff. So I've just started working with someone new in the business because my lovely Becky left and and therefore I had that role and various other roles that I needed to fill. And I've just started working with Becky McAvoy and who does social media and she's helping me with my strategy. And she's asking me all these questions like, so what's this and how much do you get for this? And what do you find your best post? And I'm like, I don't know, Becky, I don't know. And I'm like, I am the worst person because I think like you said as well, we get into a, a rut of just going, oh, we post this, we post this and not looking at it and not thinking about it. And then, you know, she'll ask me, where do you get the most podcast listeners from? And I'm like, no, I'm not sure. I don't know. Like I'm literally the worst person. <laughs> I always say to her, do as I say, not as I do, Becky. Okay. Uh, I can't always guarantee I do all the stuff. So yeah. <laughs> so what sort of other stuff have you got on your like list of these are great audience builders? Being a joiner. Being a joiner is up there with one of the most effective ways that I've grown my business and that I've seen my clients grow their businesses as well. So yes, that might be three Facebook groups nowadays. I question how effective they are just purely because there are so many of them. Mm -hmm. And also because, yes, lots of people are on Facebook, but are they spending as much time on there as they used to? I'm not sure they are. I don't think it's being used in the same way. I think a lot of people have gone off Facebook. But that being said, there are some Facebook groups. Obviously, I love mine. It's called the Uh. Audience Growth Collective. (laughs) Facebook groups where the owners are putting in the effort to give you what you need in that group. Yes, you can join them and you can make great connections in there. But also, this is an area where I really believe you need to invest. So Mm. what are the memberships where your peers are hanging out and you can learn from them ways that you can grow your business? Mm -hmm. And also, what are the memberships where your potential clients are hanging out? So I don't think I've joined a membership or a group program or a business accelerator over the past five years without getting something mm-hmm. from it, normally client work. So yeah. it's interesting what when you were talking earlier about this kind of unethical approach to bringing people into group programs, I definitely fell foul of that yeah. about a year and a bit ago and joined this quite expensive program, realized that it wasn't for me, but actually there were lots of people in there Mm. who also felt it wasn't for them. They'd been brought in under the same premise. And we now have a brilliant WhatsApp group Mm. and we've all worked with each other as clients as well. So something good always comes of being a joiner, I think. Yeah. And actually this is something that in my membership was never an intention for them to get business from each other, but they love each other so much that I swear to goodness, like, you know, I can literally sit and think of many of my members and go, yeah, they've had business from them and them and them and them and them. And from me, you know, lots of my members have had me as a customer because I fell in love with what they do and their passion and that sort of thing. But I just love the fact of, you know, be a joiner. I think that's really nice because I think sometimes we can sit here in our worlds and think we're being everywhere and doing everything and actually 
we could be doing a bit more. I'm thinking now that this might be a really nice thing to say goodbye to my listeners and head over to your listeners. So if you want to hear the rest of this podcast, then you need to go to Nikki's podcast. Nikki, what is your podcast called? It's called the Audience Growth Podcast, and we will see you over there. We'll see you there. That's part one. If you want to go and listen to part two, you need to go to wherever you're listening to this and search for the Audience Growth Podcast. And that's where you will find the second half of this episode. Have a great week and I will see you next week for a solo. Thank you so much for listening to Your Dream Business Podcast. And if you loved this episode, then please feel free to go and share it on your social media or head over to iTunes and give me a review. I would be so very grateful.